<clears throat> anyway, we do appreciate Brother Allen doing that for us every morning. Thank all the faithful men we gather together uh, at the conclusion of our fellowship, and we have prayer, and uh, pray for uh, those who are sick, and pray for myself, and I appreciate that very much. And uh, we want to uh, remember to pray for Sister Ishcomer. She has been fighting a long battle of illness with illness, so let's ask the Lord to give her a touch from heaven. Also, has already been mentioned, Brother McGallion, Sister Merritt had a uh, stumble and a fall this week, and we ask the Lord to touch her and uh, Sister Massengale and ask the Lord to give her a quick recovery. Appreciate those who went out on outreach yesterday, and uh, some of those are taking care of children right now that they picked up this morning. Do thank them for that. Thank everyone for their desire to work for God. We only have a short time left on this earth. Amen. So we want to do what we can for the kingdom of God. All other things will pass away, but what we do for the kingdom of God is going to last through eternity. So we want to be busy working for the kingdom of God. The Bible says that ye are my witnesses. You are my witnesses. You are my witnesses. So we need to let our light so shine that men may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. I am glad that I know who Jesus is today. How many is real glad that you've been baptized in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. You're really, you really, really glad that you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Don't it feel good to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. 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 And uh, I am glad on this beautiful Sunday morning. Hasn't the weather been just wonderful? Man, it could just last like this all year. That'd be so nice. We could miss those 100 degree, 150% humidity days that's coming. And uh, we could just have a great time. Just, but, you know, all good things must come to an end. And so uh, July and August is right around the corner. And uh, so we've got to enjoy it while we can. And that's where some is. You can tell this morning they're out enjoying the good weather. I want to talk to us this morning from a, a subject. It's not the most uh, lovely sh- subject in the world. And uh, it's not a very light subject for a wonderful Sunday morning. But I did feel this week, this on my heart, that I would like to uh, bring to you what I feel like the Lord has given to me. So let's all stand, turn to, to Matthew chapter number 5. Matthew chapter number 5. And... Uh, Maybe it will be a little bit lighter subject tonight, so come back tonight, and uh, we'll have a great move of the Holy Ghost again, and uh, God will do something great for us. Church starts at 7, prayer meeting at 6.30, choir practice at 5.30, so the choir will be singing tonight, so choir practice at 5.30. Matthew chapter number 5, verse number 29, the Scripture says, And if... Thy right hand offend thee, pluck it out. Or at thy, excuse me, if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off. And cast it from thee. 
For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not thy whole body should be cast into hell. How many has uh, your Bible open today? What color is that written in? Okay, that comes from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why don't we just put our Bibles down today? Let's lift our hands, let's lift our voices to God. Ask God to help us in this house today. God, we come unto you today. We are depending on you. There is nothing that I could say that would be worth anything without the anointing of the Holy Ghost, God. And I pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost today. I pray for direction from heaven right now, God. I'm depending on you. My faith is in you. I pray, God, that you would open up the minds the hearts, the spirit of your people that is in this house today. God, help us in this place. Come on, somebody lift up your voice right now. Help us, Holy Ghost. We need you, Jesus. We are depending on you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Lord bless you. You may be seated. I want to talk to you today from this subject, a reminder of some other place. A reminder of some other place. How many has ever, ever been to, um, you just kind of <clears throat> been to a place and it reminded you, how, <clears throat> how many has ever, ever seen somebody that it, reminded you of someone else and you say man i've been in other churches and i'd i'd say my goodness they remind me they look like such and such and that one looks like this one and and uh you you wonder if all of our gene pools don't just mix somewhere out there somewhere because there is people that look like they belong to someone else because it reminds you i've been around people and their attitudes and and uh, their their uh, way of thinking and their actions reminds me of someone else. I I guess I guess uh, one reason why I have uh, the last few years I have really uh, fallen in love with brother and sister David Smith is that uh, she reminds me a lot of my mother and her actions and her. Her way of things about God and about uh, the work of God. And I, I've enjoyed my time of fellowship with them and getting to know them better and being closer to them. But there is, there is things that remind us. Um, little things that happen sometimes remind us of our childhood and, and uh, kind of gets our mind to going. And I... I um, uh, when, when lots of times when I'm, I got this routine that when I get up in the morning, I like to drink a cup of coffee and I like to read the newspaper. Well, we've had trouble lately or in the past with our newspaper people not being there quite on time. And, and, uh, so they think people gets up later, I guess. And by the time you read the newspaper, it's not a newspaper, it's a history paper. And, uh, so, when I do, when I don't have the newspaper, sometimes we have a lot of 
a lot of picture albums there, and I start going through those old picture albums. My wife hates that because it makes me depressed. Because I think about, it reminds me of the way things used to be. And uh, your kids get older and... And uh, you, you've, uh, you, at, at that time in life, they were little and they thought you could walk on water. And when they, they are now teenagers, they think you don't have sense enough to get out of the water. And uh, so, so things change. Your, uh, your appearance changes. Uh, the people around you change. Some of the people that were close to you are no longer here that were in those pictures. So it it reminds you, but, but that, that's not, in all of that said, that's not exactly what I want to bring to your attention today. I want to remind you of some other place that we did not hear a lot about. And uh, there's not a lot of talk about it because it's not, it's not a positive place. It's not a, a lovely place. It's not a great place. It's not something that we would like to dwell on. As I look in the Bible, it gives us great indication of what we should focus on. And I, I do believe this with all of my heart that, that when we, when we look in the Word of God and we see something mentioned over and over and over, it is to bring to our attention and to bring to our remembrance about these things. When I, I look into the Word of God, not including heavenly and not including things about heaven, but just the word heaven is mentioned 554 times in the Bible, in the Old and the New Testament. So it gives me great indication when you look at this and, and uh, when you bring into all the uh, the, the, all the words together that are describing heaven and talking about heaven, uh, much more than that. You could probably double that number. So it gives us indication as that is what we should focus on. But I, I look at another place, another place that we don't like to talk about and, uh, the word hell and uh, not including uh, describing the place of hell without using that word. Uh, the word hell is mentioned 54 times. So, so in that said, I believe that we should focus on heaven much more than we focus on the other place. And uh, with that all being said, I do not believe that we can live for God because we are scared to go to hell. But we live for God because we fall in love with God. And when you fall in love with God, it is much easier to live for God. Amen. I have seen people that tried to live together that really don't love each other. It's difficult. It's a sad, sad life. But when you fall in love with one another, it's a joy to live together. Can I get a witness? Amen. But... When you fall in love with God, it's a joy to come to His house. It's a joy to lift up your hands. It's a joy to lift up your voice. It's a joy to magnify and to worship Him. It's a joy to separate yourself from the world unto God. Why? Because there is a love relationship there. But when we bring everything into perspective, the Word of God still 
make strong indication that we should never forget about some other place. There is a heaven, but as sure as there is a heaven, there is also some other place. I find it very interesting that uh, I, I pay very close attention to funerals. I, I participate in lots of funerals, unfortunately, but then I attend a lot of funerals and I, I pay very close attention to what the minister has to say over the deceased persons. And, and as I, I listen at that and, and some things make me scratch my head and wonder because I have found out that you can live like the devil and die and turn into an angel. That's kind of confusing to me. And uh, I, I have heard it even mentioned one time. It really made me scratch my head that this minister went way out on the limb. And he even said, now this guy laying before me today was not a church man. He was not a church going person. He just wasn't that type of man. He said, but I talked to him a while back. And you know, the, the subject of church come up, so I know it was on his mind. So it being on his mind, I believe that it was in his heart. And I believe that he's looking over us from the balconies of heaven today. That's confusing to me because that's contrary to everything that this Word of God says. That's not what it says. It does not say that you have to think about God and then everything turn out perfect for you. It does not say that you live your life how you would like to. And then at the end of life's journey, there is a wonderful mansion just set aside for you. But I want to tell you, everybody that goes to heaven is not going to stumble accidentally onto the streets of gold. But it's going to be because you made a decision and you made a commitment to God. And you followed what the Word of God said. When it tells us the plan of salvation, it says, repent and be baptized every one of you. That was Mary, the mother of Jesus. That was a great apostle, Peter. That was the apostle, John. That was the apostle, James. Every one of you. And you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If it was good enough for Mary, the mother of Christ, it's good enough for me. If it was good enough for John, it's good enough for me. If it was good enough for the Apostle Peter, it's good enough for me. The formula of salvation has not changed. It is still the same today as it was over 2,000 years ago. There is some other place. We have heard it all of our lives that there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shine. I can remember growing up hearing preachers preach about hell. And I, man, it'd scare me so bad. They'd talk about the moon turning to blood. And that time 
of the month where the moon comes up and it looks like a ball of fire. I can remember looking out my window and seeing that glow running to mama's and daddy's bedroom. I wanted to sleep with them because I was scared. My Lord, the moon's turned to blood. God's coming back and I don't want to die lost and I don't want to go to hell. But you know with society the way it is, it's taken the edge off of hellfire preaching. It's not a positive message. I don't like to preach about it myself. I like to see people shout and run and swing from the chandeliers and leave feeling like I'm going to make it. But I do feel this on my heart today that I come to remind us today that there is some other place. There is some place that we need to do everything that we can not to go. You see, when we understand that hell was never created for you, it was never created for me. But it was created for the devil and all of his little imps. And we can shout about that. But since the creation and since the devil and all of his little imps, there has been many people that have died and went to that awful place. As I remember back on September, one faithful, terrible, tragic day, what we all know is 9-11. As I look and I remember back the activities, I can remember exactly where I was. When I heard the news of the first plane crashing into the Twin Towers, that they thought automatically it was a terrible accident. And they were trying to figure out how did the plane do that on such a beautiful, crisply clear morning. I got in my truck and I headed out and I had on the radio and I heard there was another plane that hit the other tower. There was another plane that crashed into the Pentagon. There was another plane that crashed into the fields. That's a group of people got together and brought it down before it made its final mark of where it was headed. And uh, I, I can remember that day so clearly, and I know a lot of you can, some of you, uh, can't remember because you were not very old, but it's still very fresh in my mind. I can remember them talking about the buildings were on fire. The smoke, everybody has that vivid picture in your mind that's forever there. The smoke that was rolling. They talked about the thousand gallons of fuel that were on those planes that burst into flames when they hit those towers. And I can remember them saying, people is jumping out. Of the towers. They're jumping out of the windows. Some of them, they said there were over 200 people that plunged to their death, either by accidentally falling or by jumping out of the towers. I do not remember this, but I was reading about it this morning. That one person even made a phone call with his cell phone as he plunged to his death. Talking about the intense heat. And it was so tragic and so terrible that they were sacrificing their lives to get away. As flesh was melting off 
of their bones. They were jumping and plunging to their death, knowing there was no way to survive, but still trying their best to get away from the intense heat of burning to death in those flames. The tragic news that is still vivid in our mind as we see those flying out of the windows, the pictures that captured them on their backs, some jumping head first, arms flailing as they would fall to their death. Why did they do that? Because of the intense heat. That plunging to my death is better than dying in these flames. I want to tell you today that there is some other place. There is some other place. As we think about the tragic place called hell, I'm reminded of about in 79, 78, somewhere along there, a rock group called ACDC come out with a song entitled, The Highway to Hell. It was making light of the fact that they were on their way to hell and they were having a party on the way. They said, look, mama, and look, preacher, don't try to stand in my way and don't try to stop me. I'm on the highway to hell. All of my friends is going to be there. We're going to have a party. We're going to enjoy ourselves. I tell you, Hollywood has tried to silver coat it. Hollywood has tried to calm it down. But I want to tell you, there's never been anything in this world like what hell is going to be like. Amen. Why are you preaching on that, preacher? Why do you try to bring that to our attention on such a beautiful day? Because I'm trying to remind each and every person in this place today there is still a place that we don't want to go and spend eternity. You say, how do you know what hell is like? Well, we do have a live interview from hell. We find that in Luke chapter number 16. In verse number 19, again, Jesus said, There was a certain rich man. He did not say this is a parable. He did not say this is some story. Although we know that Jesus spoke in parables. But he made reference to the fact that there was a certain rich man. Why did he allow that to be placed in this book today? I'm going to tell you the reason why he allowed it to be placed in this book. He said he was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at the gate. Full of sores. The story tells us that the rich man had plenty and Lazarus the beggar had nothing. Begging from the crumbs that would fall from the rich man's table. They both died. The rich man and Lazarus. 
The Bible tells us about this after-death experience. That he was carried away. Lazarus was placed in Abraham's bosom. A place of paradise where saints of God will go. But there was a place called torment that Lazarus was put in. And the Bible said there was some things going on in hell. Let's look at the reference that he gave us. The words that he said to us. This is what happened. Number one, he cried. Number two, he lifted up his voice and wept and cried. Number three, he begged for mercy. The fourth thing, he begged for water. Amen. Then he said, I am tormented in these flames. It does not sound like a place of parting. It does not sound like a place I would like to go. It does not sound like an experience I would like to experience. Amen. But then he even goes further and he warns us. He said, whatever you do, don't come to where I'm at. Amen. He said, send Lazarus down to tell my brothers, don't come. Don't come. If it was such a lovely place, why would he be telling them not to come? I come to tell you today, there is some other place and you want to do everything at all cost, at all available access to miss that place called hell. There is elderly folks that are there today. There is, we do not have any indication how old this man was. We do not know his name. All we know that he was a rich man. He had the finer things of life. But we do know where he spent eternity. He cried, he begged, and he said, whatever you do, go tell my brothers not to come to this place. Don't come here. Don't come here. No way out. No escape. Everybody looks and says, how can a merciful, just, holy God condemn me to hell? His prized creation. First of all, I'd like to bring to your attention, He does not. You condemn your own self by your sinful nature and your sinful desire of going the way of all the world and saying, oh, I'm going to enjoy life to the fullest. Are you really enjoying life? Is it really fun what you're doing? Is it that much Fun, is it that enticing to where you're going to spend eternity? What is hell like? As I look at the intense heat that was there in those twin towers, I've seen the aftermath of plane crashes. We were hunting up in Colorado. There was a plane that crashed. A few weeks before we got there, the fire had been out for two to three weeks and still it was smoldering and smoking over about 
the hundred acres that that fire had burnt, still smoking, still smoldering, a hot, a very intense heat. As I look and I read about history of when they dropped the atomic bomb and the hide, the flesh of humans were dripping off of their hands and off of their face and the fire, the intense heat that it caused. It's no comparison to what hell is going to be like. Because it doesn't matter how hot the fire is here. Hell has even increased its intensity, its heat. I can remember a few years ago, we were in my office and, and, uh, one evening and we had got a Keurig coffee pot, our coffee maker, and the kids were wanting some of that coffee. And so I, I made them a cup of coffee and Tony and Terry were there. Both of them reached for the coffee cup at the same time. And about that time, I heard the scream and Tony had spilt the coffee on her arm. And I looked and immediately I watched the hide roll off of her arm. And it scared. I didn't know what it was. I didn't, I didn't know what had happened. And I said, my Lord, what I'd never seen that before. But the intense heat. The, the temperature just rolled the skin off of her arm. The screaming and the pain that she felt. But I want to tell you as the hide drips off of your fingertips, as it drips off of your face, the bony skeletons of individuals that forever and ever and ever are in the tormenting lake of fire. And there is no relief. There's no way to get out. You can't jump to your death and end it all like they did on 9-11. But Still the tormenting flames. There is another place. I'm trying to warn somebody today. There's some people under the sound of my voice that's on your way to that lake of fire. I'm standing here saying, don't do it. Don't do it. They were on speakers. They were on intercoms. They were trying to get their attention in the twin towers. We're coming after you. Don't jump. Don't jump. I'm trying to tell you, God's coming after you today. God's throwing out a net of mercy. God's throwing out a net of grace for you today. Don't go, don't go, don't go. Over 2,000 years has passed. And still today, if we could hold the mic down to the pits of hell... The rich man is still screaming. He's still begging. He's still pleading. He's still asking just for one drop of water. I wish you could hear that voice. I wish you could hear the tormenting screams of hell today. As I try to warn you, don't go. Don't do it. Don't head that direction. Don't walk out these doors without making a commitment to God. Don't leave this place without fully repenting of your sins. God is calling you today. These are some things that will be there. Fire. Outer darkness. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. Memories will be there. I 
remember feeling God's presence. But now the Bible says there is a great gulf that is fixed between me and you. And you can't come to me. And I can't go to you because of that gulf that is fixed. Memories of a beautiful Sunday morning service where the preacher, for out of no reason other than the call of God, got up and talked to you about remembering some other place. Don't forget about it. Keep it in your mind. Keep it in your spirit. Always remember there is another place. Everybody don't go to heaven. It's only those who have committed to God. It's only the saints of God. It's only those who are dedicated to God. But there is another place. The devil will be there. Every unrepentant murderer, every unrepentant rapist, every unrepentant child molester, every unrepentant thief, every unrepentant whoremonger, every unrepentant person will be in there. It doesn't sound like a group of people that I want to hang out with for eternity. The devil himself will be there. Remember when I can see his hideous face. Oh yeah. Hollywood's tried to portray it. Hollywood's tried to calm it down. Hollywood's tried to make him a socialite and acceptable. They even have their own religions. But I want to tell you, he's not a friend of yours. He's not a friend of mine. He's not a friend of mankind. He's not a friend of God. But He's your enemy. He's my enemy. He's trying to deceive. He's trying to destroy. And when He gets you to the lake of fire, the one that's supposed to be your friend, that was showing you a good time, He's going to laugh His hideous laugh in your face. Why didn't you listen? I got you where I want you. I've been doing it for a long time. I've got you in this place of torment for eternity how can a merciful God condemn people to hell I want to tell you the Bible instructs us that a way a tree falls that's the way it's going to lie once you breathe your last breath in this world You're going to go before the judgment throne of God. And He's going to open up that book. He's going to ask you your name. And you're going to state your name. And He's going to look through the pages. And He's going to say, I'm sorry. I don't find your name. Can you imagine the horrifying feeling and you say, God, but I went to church. I was raised in church. I knew all the ins and outs. I I did it all, God. I, 
I, I, I paid my tithe. I gave in the offerings. I, I did it, God. But he said, there's going to be those who's going to say, have we not cast out devils in thy name? And he's going to say, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. The sounds of chains rattling in the background. The faint sounds of screams in the background. The faint sounds of a hideous laugh in the background. As that old tempter, that deceiver, it gets closer and closer. Who are they coming after? Who are they looking for? They're looking for, not me, not me. No, no, not me, not me. Help me. Help me, preacher. Help me, mama. Help me, daddy. Help me, somebody. Somebody do something as you scream and run and try to find safety and help. There is no help because mercy is no more. It's time to pay for the evil deeds that has been committed. As he grabs you and wraps you up and hauls you down that corridor. The screams, the terrifying sounds. Coming from where? It's coming from some other place. Coming from where? Some other place called hell. Where am I going? Just for a small period of time, surely. Just for a few days, surely. Just, just a little torment and then I'm, then I'm gonna go on some other place. No. They open the door and the stench of hell hits your nostrils. The screams and the heat is so intense that it would almost knock you down. And you're thinking it'll be a short death now. No, you're going to live in eternity. You ever put your finger on a hot stove? You ever burnt your finger? You ever felt the intense pain? You say, I thought God loved me. He does. That's the reason why He sent me to stand between you and hell today. And remind you of a place you don't want to go. You don't want to go there. Have you ever been preacher? No, I've never been. But I've read enough about it in the Bible that I'm telling you you don't want to go. I read you. I read you someone that was there and said... Don't come to this place, whatever you do. Don't let an attitude, don't let a, don't let a thought, don't let something send you to this terrible place. I'm closing now. I want you to search your life right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want everybody in the house praying with me just for a moment. We're going to go eat after a while and we're going to have a great time. But right now, God is calling somebody. He's saying as painful as it would be to take your hand and stick your finger behind your eyeball and pluck it out and throw it on the ground and cast it from you. 
How could anybody do that? How could anybody jump a thousand feet to their death? He said, it'd be better for you to do that than you to go into hell. It'd be better if you took a large chainsaw and started that chainsaw and just held it up to your arm and just took your arm on off. How could somebody do that? It'd be better to do that than you to go to some other place called hell. There's a stop sign today. There's a sign that says, wrong way, do not enter. That's flashing before you today. Get off of that highway. Get off of that highway. It's not just something that we imagine that says, oh, it can't be. But it's something that is forever, eternally real. As we all stand, I want everybody to lift your voice right now. I'm going to open these altars to someone who needs to pray in this house right now. If you are not where you need to be with God, if you haven't thought about eternity in some time, I'm going to ask you to come to this altar today. I'm going to ask you to come to this place today. I'm going to try my best to preach you a happy message today, but I had to preach what the Lord has laid on my heart this morning. God's trying to throw up a roadblock in somebody's way. You're headed that direction a hundred miles an hour. and There's flashing lights. There's caution lights. Don't go. Don't go. Don't jump. Don't make the plunge. We're coming to get you. Help is on the way. Hallelujah. Can I get a church to lift up your voice right now? I want every mom and daddy praying for yourself, praying for your children right now. Hallelujah. I want every grandma and grandpa praying for your your grandchildren right now. Oh, come on. Somebody lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. I'm trying to remind you of some other place today. There is some other place you don't want to go. You don't want to go. You don't want to go there. Don't go there. I beg you not to go there. You say, oh, how do I keep from going there? You keep from going there by coming to the altar and saying, God, I want to submit my will. I want to submit my way to you, God. I pray for your help. Hallelujah, Holy Ghost, work right now. Holy Ghost, work right now. If you don't know the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost, would you come and just lift your hand and say, God, I want more of you. I want to know you, God. I want to know you, God. I want to know you, God. Oh, hallelujah. It'd be better for you to cut loose of those ties that's hindering you. It'd be good for you to step out from where you're at and say, God, I surrender all. I want to be saved, God. I want to be saved, God. I want to be saved, God. I want to be saved, God.
I want to be saved, God. Hallelujah. 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 I want to be saved, God. I want to be saved, God. I must be saved alone. Whatever you would have to do to me, don't let me be lost for eternity. I'm going to ask you if you're not praying for yourself, get around and pray for somebody in these altars. Come on, men. Come on, men. Come on, if you're not praying for yourself, find somebody to pray with today. Come on, ladies, get around these altars this morning. There's souls that needs God in here. There's people that's reaching out to the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, find somebody to pray with. If you don't feel like you're qualified to pray with somebody, pray for yourself. Get on your face before God. Make things right with God.